Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Marlena Mahoran, co-founder of Time for the Talk, an online sex education program for parents and preteens. Good morning, Marlena, and welcome to Family Confidential. Thanks, Annie. I'm super excited to be here. So uh, you're a sex educator for parents and tweens, preteens, and I'm really curious about how you got into this business because most parents <laughs> would run faster than anything to have to talk to their kids about Absolutely. sex. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a fun story. I am a former sixth grade teacher and I worked at a school where it was kindergarten through sixth grade. So I taught all the subjects to my sixth graders and every spring I would do a unit on family life and we would talk about puberty and the birds and the bees and peer pressure and all of these really important topics. And it was always so fascinating to me how thirsty these kids were for the information. And yeah, they would be a little bit embarrassed at first, but once they got past that, they just couldn't get enough information from me, which I thought was really great. But I also had this sort of nagging feeling in me that it was too bad they were having these conversations with me as opposed to with their parents, because ideally, you know, they would become comfortable talking to their parents about this stuff. And then as they, you know, grew older, became teenagers, they would still feel comfortable talking to their parents. And so I just always had this idea in the back of my mind that someday I would have a program that included the parents and the preteens and that, um, you know, I could share with them a comprehensive sex education program that helped prepare them for the teen years and so that they would learn that no matter what they wanted to talk about, their parents were okay with it. Okay, now I'm thinking, as you're saying, the kids got really comfortable and we hope that they would be comfortable talking to their parents about sex. What about the parents' discomfort? Oh That's such <laughs> a good question. Yeah, when I, I always do a class for the, when I, I have live classes and online classes. And in my live classes, I always do a night first just for the parents so they can come and find out, you know, exactly what I'm going to be teaching so there's no surprises. And I tell you, the parents oftentimes are just as nervous, if not more, than the kids because, sure. you know, most of us didn't grow up in homes where sex was something that you talked about or, you know, the changes that you go through with puberty and that kind of thing. And so, so many of the parents I work with, they want to do it differently, but they don't know how. They don't have that role model or that example. And so, yeah, I've had parents who, you know, get a complete case of the giggles or they, you know, hide their face and... um <laughs> I tell them it's totally okay. This isn't something that, you know, we normally talk about, um, but they get more comfortable too, for sure. That's um, great. And of course that helps the kids and then they absolutely. open up and that open communication is really key. I'm sure that is what you emphasize in your class. Now I wanted to ask you the typical question since parents are not real excited about jumping into this, they probably want yeah. to put it off as long as possible. What's a really good age to start talking to your kids about sex? Right. Well, I actually encourage parents to talk to their kids from the time they're in diapers, toddlers, um, and obviously at an age-appropriate level. So, so you know, what, what is a typical thing that you might talk to a three-year-old about you that is part of sex education? Well, first, just getting comfortable with their body and the different, you know, the accurate names of their body parts. So talk about washing their vagina in the bathtub or washing their penis and, you know, talking about just the different parts that sort of become taboo as we get older, um, but just starting out early, making it comfortable for them to talk about, you know, any part of their body. 
sometimes parents didn't do that. You know, they talk about the wee wee and the, you know, that sort of thing. Um, And that's okay. There's no point where, oh, it's too late now. You've blown it. Thankfully, that's not true. Um, But as kids get older, you know, in some ways, it's much easier to talk to a four-year-old than a 10-year-old if you've never started that. Mm -hmm. Um, But if that's the case, um, I definitely encourage parents to have talked to their kids um, about things like menstruation and how babies are made and that sort of thing by the time they're nine. Because at that age, kids are just beginning to be exposed to so much information via the internet, the music that you know we listen to, TV Their shows, friends. Um, friends at school, sure. magazine covers at the grocery store. Um, and so it's really important for them to have an accurate explanation of how everything happens because kids oftentimes have half the story. Um, and so it's really important for parents to start that conversation by the time they're nine. Yeah, and and even though your website and your program is called The Talk, Time for the Talk, time we all know talk. that it's more than one talk. Yeah, there's actually a bit of an irony there because our website is timeforthetalk.com. Um, but the goal really is to have a lifelong conversation with these things. Parents love to think like, okay, I told them how babies are made. Now cross that off my list. It's done. Right. Um, but no, it really needs to be an ongoing conversation because the issues change as kids get older. Um, in fact, it's interesting. I have had parents and their, um, you know, the same child go through my program more than one time because, you know, they'll go through it once when their child is 10. And then when they're 11 and a half, they're in a real different place with things like puberty and what they're being mm-hmm. exposed to. And they want to take the classes again. Um, at that stage. So no, it definitely is a, an ongoing conversation. In fact, I say, you know, two years from now, when your child say 13, they may not remember all the details of the class, you know, the facts of what they've learned, but what they will remember is that you were sitting right next to them and the feeling they had as they learned together that this is okay to talk and learn about this stuff with my parent. Okay. Uh, My, my mind is spinning in two directions here. One has to do with, um, Inevitable question when, when you talk to a child who is now understanding the mechanics of where babies come from, the inevitable question is, you and dad did that? Right. Do that? Uh And, and I think that's a parent's biggest fear that, you know, it's one thing to talk about it in the abstract, birds and bees. It's another thing to be saying, um, yeah, this is, this is how you were made. Do you still do that? Right. You know, that kind of thing. So yeah. so how do you advise parents to answer that very inevitable question? Yeah, that's another really good question. It's interesting. Most kids don't actually go there. Um, some do, and uh-huh. I can address how to handle that one. Yes, go I there. Have, <laughs> I have found that some, you know, a lot of us, when we think about our parents being intimate like that, it's kind of no. a laugh. Thought. And so lots of times they won't go there. They'll, I mean, they might make that connection in their mind, but they mm-hmm. won't ask personal mm-hmm. questions, but there are kids who do. Yeah. So what we talk about is um, in the Time for the Talk program, you know, we talk about the different reasons that people have sex, that it's not just to make babies, but that it's also to show love um, and to feel really close with somebody mm-hmm. and how that is a very private, intimate thing. So mm-hmm. that yes, of course, you know, moms and dads, have sex to make babies, but to talk about the details of that with other people is sharing something that is, is private and that is intimate. And then it really isn't to be discussed with other people so that even though I so appreciate your questions and I love that you'll come, you know, you feel comfortable asking them, 
you know, I don't feel comfortable sharing the personal details of my romantic relationship with your father. Okay. Uh, so, so it's kind of a deflection. It's gentle and it's respectful. It's, I, yeah, I, it's I get that. Boundaries. So, but uh, then what happens because, okay, just in case you don't know, yeah. I've been on the receiving end of email from tweens and teens for the past 16 years. Right. Sex comes up a lot. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of the, um, kind of situations they get themselves into, which motivate them to write for help. Right. And is their lack of information to make good decisions about their sexual activity as 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds. Now, if the message here is that this is private, then why should I be telling mom and dad about what I'm doing? (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's a really good question. There is a fine line there. One thing that I really stress in the program is just the difference between kind of private and public information and how, you know, talking about the details of something that is sacred and special makes it a little less so. Now, what we focus on with our Time for the Talk program for the preteen is how different decisions can impact their future. So, you know, the first, it's a five-week program that we offer. And the first part is very, you know, based on the facts of, you know, what to expect with puberty and, um, you know, how babies are made and, that kind of thing. But then we shift the program and it goes into teen pregnancy and what the challenges for that would be. You know, how would your life change if all of a sudden, two years from now, you had an infant to care for? And one of the ways we go about that is we have some activities where kids get to focus on their values and their goals. And then we give them different role plays and situations and talk about like, okay, well, if you're values are to get a good uh, education and to be close with your parents. And one of your goals five years from now is to be applying to certain colleges. You know, how would having sex, getting pregnant and having a baby impact those goals? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're smart. They start making these connections that, wow, I couldn't do that Mm -hmm. if I had a child to care for. Um, And that's, of course, that that's um, rational thinking. Yeah. And I'll play devil's devil's advocate for the moment here because most of the tweens and teens who write to me have um, gotten themselves in a situation where the rational mind went AWOL, right. <laughs> missing an action because they were in the heat of the moment. Right. And and um, it's either the intensity of wanting to be so close, um, this person likes me, it feels really natural, it feels good, and all those ideas I had about um, my future and really thinking before I made a potentially life-altering decision are out the window how do you help them prepare for eat, heat in the moment moments? Yeah. We talk about that too. Um, I have a, a great story that I share with them that has to do with chocolate chip cookies. And, you know, I had imagine them picturing this big platter of fresh baked oh, chocolate I love them. chip cookies. You can <laughs> smell them. You know, you can pull them apart, the chocolate goose, and they are your favorite. Um, and then I say, okay, I'm going to put this plate of cookies right in front of you, but I'm going to tell you, you can't eat them. You're starving. You haven't had them in months, but you cannot eat them. Mm. They're risky. You can't eat them. You know, what are you going to do? And so they talk about, wow, that would be really difficult. And because a lot of the kids I work with between 10 and 12 are still a little bit grossed out about the idea of sex. It's one of the reasons that I try to catch them at this age before the hormones really kick in full force. Um, And when I say that, you know, right now you may think this is a really gross, disgusting concept, but a few years from now, you're probably going to feel pretty differently about it. 
Um, so that's why thinking through some of these situations ahead of time can help prepare you for when you're in them. So, you know, you've got these cookies there, you want to eat them, you know, but you can think through, well, if I start eating these cookies, how might that affect future things that happen to me? And they can get the idea of wanting to eat cookies sometimes more than they can understand the idea of having strong sexual urges when you're 10. It's a great metaphor. I love what mm -hmm. you're saying here. Yeah. Now, um, often the onus for saying no comes yeah. from girls. Right. And I want to know in your experience working with 10 to 12 year olds, do you have boys in the, in the program? Oh, that's a great question. And um, is the approach for boys different than the approach that you take educationally with girls? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, my classes have been, well, on the internet, anybody can take it, boy or girl. And part of it is that I think it's really important for both boys and girls to understand the other's situation, whether it's having to do with puberty, you know, what are the changes girls go through? What are the changes boys go through? What are the changes both of them go through, which really are the most, most of the changes they both go through. Um, mm -hmm. So just kind of understanding that, how it all works, um, but also for hearing how they think so differently about stuff, I think is very, yes. very important. And I have had all girl classes. I have had co-ed classes, but I actually just finished my first all boy class. And it was very interesting to see the difference in their thought process. Um, and I would say my approach was a little bit different because, you know, they can't become teen moms since they're boys. But we definitely talked a lot about how it would also still affect them if their girlfriend someday had a baby young, how, you know, legally they would still be responsible for helping to take care of mm -hmm. and support that child. Um, and what it would be like for the girlfriend. And I actually found it very inspiring how seriously and thoughtful they took those conversations and realizing just the impact that could have um, on their life. Well, I love this approach. And of course, you know, it's not all in in the lap, so to speak, of the girl. Yeah. Um, where she just the old just say no thing. We right. need to we need to understand where the other side is coming from and what drives and motivates them. Yes. And and um that we need to be mutually respectful mm -hmm. in any relationship that we're in. Absolutely. We're, we're just about running out of time Orlena yeah. and I want to make sure that we um just hit on three tips for parents who Obviously, they should check out timeforthetalk.com, but if they're not ready to do that, yeah. um, to be aware of three things that they can be doing to make a positive impact on their children in, in, the, reign, in the realm of sex education for them. Absolutely. Well, I think the very first thing parents need to realize is that it's different today because of how easily kids can access information. So, you know, when we were growing up, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have Google. We didn't have YouTube. And today it's the reality. You know, there's good things about it, but then there, there are also some risky things about it. So I would definitely say one of the first things is to talk to your kids about how easily you can look up information and how difficult it is to erase things from your mind Ooh, that you point. have stumbled upon. I know just myself in creating these classes with my partner, Tori, that there were times where we both discovered things where we were just like, oh, you know, I didn't need to see that. Um, and so just to supervise their kids on the internet, it's hard to be there every minute. They are, have access with iPods and all that kind of stuff. But to really have them understand that 
you can find information really quickly that you might not be trying to find, and it can be damaging. Um, and also to really talk about their instincts and giving them the vocabulary words appropriate and inappropriate information so that, you know, if they're searching something and something comes up and it just doesn't feel right to them, to say, you know, oh, that's your instincts. That's great. You know, trust that. That's your body's way of telling you I shouldn't be looking at this. I love that. Trust your instincts. And you can yeah. use that during a Google search when something mm -hmm. unwanted comes or when someone is approaching you, a peer, anyone with in a suggestion, situation. pushing you in a direction mm -hmm. that just doesn't feel right. Doesn't trust your gut. It. Trust your instincts. I yeah. love that. Was that yeah. two of them? Supervise, supervise your kids. Yeah. Trust, trust your, your instincts. instincts. And the third and one? Then third one, I would say, look for teachable moments. They're everywhere. If you're in the car driving your kids and you know, Katy Perry comes on and she's singing about, um, you know, let's ha let's go all the way and, you know, have no worries for the future. You know, talk about, hey, is that true? You know, can you go all the way and have no worries or are there things that you might worry about? Um, or when you're watching shows together, you know, talk about, you know, Miley Cyrus on the VMAs. Um, you know, why do you think what's going on here? And, you know, what what messages are being sent and just look for ways to talk about these topics that come up naturally where it's not so focused on the kid, you know, let's sit down and talk about this. Cause some kids have tons of questions right. and they'll ask them and some kids won't bring it up ever. So just I look love, for ways. I, I love uh, the way you phrase some of those questions too. What mm -hmm. do you think is going on here yes. rather than this isn't right, is it? Right. Yes or no yeah, answers. Definitely not from a judgment place, but just from a place of opening up the dialogue. Because again, that's always our goal with these classes yeah. is to just get your kids comfortable talking to you um, about the information. Exactly. And I would just add one more thing to that. When parents yeah. are feeling like they need to say something, but they're just like, yes. I say, take a slow, deep breath before you think about the kind of question you're asking. Because really, you're trying to make a safe place for your child Absolutely. to talk about these things with you so you can understand each other and really right. transmit the values you want to transmit. Right. And sometimes I think kids think that, or parents think their kids aren't getting a sex education if they haven't talked to them yet. But the reality is they're getting a sex education every day from the stuff they're exposed to, which is probably not the education the parent would pick for them, which is why, you know, <laughs> it's point. so important for parents to take an active role in talking to their kids about this stuff. I love it. That's a great, a great reminder. They yeah. are getting a sex education, mm -hmm. whether it's coming from you or not. And it might as well be coming from you. Absolutely. Yeah. And Good it can be one. done in a fun way, a fun, close bonding way, which is the way, you know, our classes are created. Terrific. So before we sign off here, Marlena, could you tell us where parents can find out more about your online sex education program? Absolutely. Uh, the web address is timeforthetalk.com. And we have a lot of great free resources on there. In fact, parents can go and if they put in their name and email, they'll get a free copy of a call that uh, my my co-founder and I, Tori Henderson, did on why uh, don't let YouTube be your child sex educator. Comes free, no obligation for anything. Okay. And then that also gets parents signed up to get our twice monthly blog where we just answer different questions we've gotten about all of these different topics. There's also information on there about our online program, which is super easy to do. I went through it with my own daughter. It was really special, close bonding time and, um, and also very educational and comprehensive. It's great. Thank you so much for the work you do. It's really needed. I'm Thanks, happy Annie. that you're out there doing it. Yeah, it's a passion. We absolutely love it. Thanks. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with parents, tweens, and teens, 
visit AnnieFox.com. And please tune in next week for a new podcast. Till then, happy parenting. Happy parenting.